All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome into a January 4th edition of Daily Faceoff Live, a Yeremchuk and Saravali edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Frank, are you able to get full sleeps in when you know you're now less than two months away from the deadline? No, honestly, like my wife said to me at some point during the holiday break, like, what, what's wrong with you? And I was like, the trade deadline's coming. And she said, well, what does that mean? I'm like, you know what it means. You've been through enough of these by now. We've got a uh, full nose to the grindstone between now and March 3rd. Another story, 59 days away, posted on dailyfaceoff.com. We'll get to that later in our deadline countdown. Yeah, we got a bit of deadline talk coming up later. Some World Junior talk with Stephen Ellis. But let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with some injury talk. Last night, Patrick Kane leaves the Blackhawks game against Tampa Bay. Luke Richardson, the head coach for the Hawks after the game, talked about, uh, you know, this is something that had maybe been bothering Kane for a few games and they pulled him out. I mean, if you have a potential deadline asset that's as prized and valuable as Patrick Kane, if there's anything bugging this guy, I'm a little bit confused as to why you would even risk it and play him in the first place. But Frank, is this maybe a reminder to the Hawks, potentially the rest of the league, that, hey, this time of year, you don't want to take chances with guys as valuable as Kane? Yeah, I think it's a reminder probably for everyone as we get to January and things start to heat up on the trade front, Tyler, because, look, I, I think we've seen it in years past, more than we ever have, you know, going back 10 years, where teams have been sitting out players to, quote, protect the asset asset management has been a big buzzword when it gets to close before the deadline i don't think we've ever seen anything this far out january when you'd like to be uh, a little bit more protective of your players 
And just for a side note, I checked in with some Chicago Blackhawks sources today uh, just to say, hey, is anything new on the Patrick Kane front? Do you have any idea yet as to the severity of the injury? The answer is no. They needed to get him in the building this morning, run some tests, and see exactly how Patrick Kane was feeling. This seemed to be a carryover, as you mentioned, of a previous injury. And here's the other thing is I was working on my trade target story for yesterday. I don't think it's an absolute 100% slam dunk that Patrick Kane is even traded. So I don't think you can go down the path of sitting a player out or handling or managing his situation any differently than you would at any point in his career. He's a valuable player, no doubt about that. Um, and I just think if you were to you know, scale things out at this exact moment in time, Tyler, I think Jonathan Taves is probably more likely to be traded than Patrick Kane. Um, and I think at this point with Kane, it, it's a 50-50 proposition. Well, I, I know your reporting earlier in the year was if those two guys didn't want to go, they probably wouldn't go. They obviously have some sort of trade protection baked in. And earlier in the year, correct me if I'm wrong, you said there would be conversations that happen later on between Kyle Davidson and the Hawks front office and these two guys about what they'd want to do. To your knowledge, have those conversations begun yet? No, they haven't, and they're expected to pick up in earnest over the next few weeks. Both Kane and Taves are represented by the same agent, Pat Brisson of CAA Sports. He actually also represents Seth Jones on the back end as well, interestingly enough. Mm. And so those guys, it's not just a full no trade, it's full no move as well. Like They have to go exactly nowhere, and they can present the number of options to the Chicago Blackhawks, if any. Uh, Think back to Claude Giroux, also represented by the same agent last year with the Philadelphia Flyers. He only gave them the Florida Panthers in the end to talk to. So that potentially limits the return and changes the perspective. I think the Blackhawks are at peace with whatever happens, uh, knowing that these two franchise pillars are able to call their own shot, given what they provided to the team. We know the trade talk will certainly not be slowing down in Chicago over the next 59 days, but let's get into some juicy waiver wire talk. It was not that long ago that the Detroit Red Wings gave Jacob Verana a three-year deal. It came with a cap hit of $5.25 million. This is a guy who, over the course of his career, averages about 25 goals every 82 games since he joined the Red Wings. As you can see here, he's been shooting the lights out. As a Red Wing, 22 goals in 39 games. But injuries, and then this year, uh, a stint in the NHL player assistance program has kind of kept him out of the lineup a bit. And yesterday, we got the news that Steve Eisman and the Red Wings were placing him on waivers. Can you take us through maybe what the Red Wings' thought process might have been and why this move makes sense for them? Well, at least what they've said publicly, Tyler, is that they're dealing with a roster crunch and they do have a bit of a numbers game going on. Um, They've got a few guys that are are getting close to healthy. Uh, They've got a full roster as it is. And they said they had to make some difficult decisions. I think what's surprising is that you take a player of Verona's you know, quality essentially, and have him be the guy that's the odd man out. I mean, just look at his stat card here. There's a couple shortened seasons in there, so keep that in mind. But his goals per game is is up there in terms of that production. He's unquestionably a really talented player. But I think what has raised everyone's attention and or, or eyebrows around the league is what else is going on off the ice for Jacob Verana? Because you know that he was in the NHL's player assistance program. I think a lot of teams actually bristled at this. They found the asset management part of it, the player management part of it, to be 
a little bit distasteful that this is a player that just exited the program 18 days ago, probably needs a little bit more support from the Detroit Red Wings. It's easy in this case to make him the odd man out. Um, I don't know how that's going to help his recovery. What he was dealing with was a substance abuse issue. And so, you know, he's in a spot where he's trying to get his his life in order and everything back on track. And to be thrown this kind of curveball when you could potentially be sent to the minors after you've pretty much been a consistent producer throughout your career on the ice when you've been able and healthy, that, you know, I think a lot of teams are just wondering what else would we be getting in addition to the waiver claim. But from a pure player perspective, I'd have to think that there's a couple teams at least that have cap space that are towards the bottom of the league that would like to acquire this player. I don't know if they're going to claim him off waivers at full price, given that there's one more year on his contract, but that they could potentially rehabilitate him as a player to then flip as uh, you know an asset later on to get a pretty significant return. So remember, he was part of the Anthony Mantha trade. Even if you boil that down and what the Red Wings have gotten out of Verona to this point, just even getting a first and second for Anthony Mantha was a win, but I'm sure they wanted Jacob Verana to be healthy and in their lineup full time. Yeah, if you take a look at cap friendly, the teams who right now could afford Jacob Verana, the Coyotes, the Sabres, Ducks, Blackhawks, the Wild technically have enough cap space, as do the Senators, but we'll find out in about two hours if anyone claims him. And of course, you mentioned the substance abuse issues. Uh, we're certainly hoping for all the best for Jacob Verana, the person as well. Let's go to the ice last night where Tage Thompson, I mean, ho-hum, another big night for the Sabres superstar. All this guy does is score goals. All this guy does is come through in big moments. And last night, it was three goals and assist in just under 20 minutes of ice time, Frank, but there was maybe something a little bit more significant or at least more meaningful with these numbers. The Sabres sending out this tweet last night. It was January 3rd. He scored three goals. It's his third hat trick of the season, his 30th goal of the season, and he got the winner three minutes into overtime. And you think back to DeMar Hamlin a couple of nights ago with the Buffalo Bills. And this is actually kind of neat how the stars sort of aligned and the Sabres came into the game all wearing uh, DeMar Hamlin love shirts as well. This was just kind of a neat moment in the season. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're a believer in numerology, Tyler. I guess you could cook the numbers any which way you want to make them be what you want them to be. But on this night, it kind of felt like the stars aligned in what's already been a really magical season for Tage Thompson. And for this Buffalo Sabres franchise, they share the same ownership as the Buffalo Bills with the Pagula family. And these two organizations are really close. Buffalo, as you know, Tyler, being a Bills fan, is a small town. And mm. these players interact with each other a lot, especially with the same ownership group. The front offices collaborate a lot. The coaches talk to each other. This is a team, uh, they call it one Buffalo for a reason because they're pretty tightly connected. And so a lot of the players interact with each other, know each other. Kyle Ocpozo, uh, their GM, Kevin Adams, was mentioning after the game last night, uh, really stepped up. He was part of the process to help get those shirts made for DeMar Hamlin to honor him. And, and as everyone in the sports world continues to uh, pray for DeMar Hamlin as he recovers from the injury suffered on Monday night. And uh, just kind of amazing to see those numbers align the way that they did. As I said, for Tage Thompson, I, you know, we're not yet at the midway point of the season and he's already hit 30 goals. It's been incredibly special. 
Yeah, and uh, the latest update we have on Hamlin from Coley Harvey of ESPN came a couple of hours ago, and it was positive. Doctors overnight got promising readings that they were hoping to see this morning, and uh, although the family friend who provided the update to ESPN didn't go into specifics, he did add Damar is still sedated and in critical condition in the ICU, so hoping for more positive updates on the health of Hamlin today, but certainly an uplifting moment last night in the Buffalo Sabres game. The support the entire sporting world has been giving has been incredible to see. Let's go back to the trade deadline, Frank, and we have a new story up at dailyfaceoff.com centered around what are the big needs for every Eastern Conference team? And I got a couple of areas I want to touch on with you when it comes to this, but let's go right to the top. The Canes and Bruins. I read the story. They got the same need, and it's down the middle. Could this maybe create like a bit of a bidding war or an arms race between the Bruins and Canes? It could, but I doubt it because Carolina, their mantra has been pretty specific over the last number of years, and it stems from their ownership on down and Tom Dundon in that the name of the game in his eyes is to be as competitive as possible and to give yourself, since winning in hockey is so random, especially when it comes to the playoffs, there's no rhyme or reason for who wins the Stanley Cup any given year. It could be a team that's hot. you know, It could be a player that, that gets extremely hot, including a goalie, that you want to try and give yourself as many kicks at the can as possible. So as many years as you can be competitive, that's what they're trying to do. And a lot of times that means don't mortgage your future to then push your chips into the middle of the table and really focus on an all or nothing proposition of this year to the point where, you know, you cut yourself off for the following years. And so I would expect that that continues to be the case for the Carolina Hurricanes. Their GM, Don Waddell, joined Jeff Merrick on his show on Tuesday and was basically echoing the same sentiment. We've got this trade deadline acquisition essentially coming already in Max Pacioretty, who's due to be the, in the lineup over these next couple of weeks, coming back from the Achilles. For the Boston Bruins, it's totally different, though. Their mindset it has to be or should be, given how well this team has played this year, given that Patrice Bergeron is in the last year of his deal. David Krejci, you know, is he going to be back for another season? What's next for Boston? They've had these last dance vibes all year that I would think that they should be probably a little bit more aggressive in a way that's for the here and now and also the future in the sense of what about a guy like Bo Horvat? I've been talking about Horvat and the Bruins for a long time. It just makes so much sense. Not only could you get someone like Horvat from Vancouver, you have the pieces in order to pull it off. Um, then you can re-sign him to a longer-term deal that he can then pass the torch from Bergeron and Krejci right to Horvat, And hopefully that would entice someone like a David Pasternak who's seeing all of this going on around him, doesn't have a contract. Hey, Horvat could be one of your running mates for the next number of years. You're pretty good on the back end with McAvoy and Lindholm. You've got a great goaltender in Olmark that they could be in a spot where they're competitive for the next number of years instead of their window closing. We have a couple of minutes before we need to get to Stephen Ellis and get to some World Junior talk. So a couple more quick ones for you. The line from your story is only God and Lou know. Is there any team more difficult to read than the Islanders heading into the deadline? Not really. And it's partly because Lou Lamorello operates in stealth mode. And I think everyone sort of has fun with that. Um, but I think also I have a hard time kind of figuring out this Islander team. 
I think yeah. when it all comes down to it, one of the older teams in the league, a team that Lou Lamorello did very little to sort of prop up in the offseason, very minimal roster movement, and basically ran it all back with a new coaching staff, and Lane Lambert has done a nice job. But I I see a team that needs speed. I see a team that needs a winger that can play with Matt Barzell, that can put the puck in the net. But just because I see that or just because other teams – you know, around the league, see that doesn't mean that that's necessarily the case and what the Islanders will do. So I put a bunch of question marks there. And last one, you have an area and a group of teams that you're not quite labeling sellers, but they're trending towards being sellers, the wings, the senators and the Florida Panthers. What could it look like if the Panthers go into sell mode? Well, it could get really interesting because I think their key objective for the deadline is to set themselves up for this summer. They've got essentially 12 million bucks coming off the books between dead cap money and also the deal for Patrick Hornquist, uh, which expires. So that gives them a significant opportunity to overhaul their roster a bit. They still have $14.5 million committed to goaltending next year in Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. But do they rebalance their roster a bit? Do they potentially trade a forward like a Sam Reinhardt or a Sam Bennett, one of the Sams, in order to then you know, potentially take those assets? They don't have a first-round pick until 2026 and maybe leverage them to get a top-flight defenseman to play with Aaron Ekblad moving forward. So I think they've got some significant questions uh, to answer. And when you look at their cap situation, they're up against it right now. They have to move someone at some point to be cap compliant this year once or if everyone is healthy. I think the Panthers have something in their back pocket for either Reinhardt or Bennett. Uh, that would be my guess. And whether or not that comes to play over the next 59 days, we'll see. Fascinating stuff, as always, on the trade market. I love trade rumors. It's my favorite time of the year. It's also a great time of the year because it's the World Juniors, and we're getting down to the end at this year's tournament. It's the final four. The semifinals go today. Let's preview things with Stephen Ellis in the next wave. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
The next wave brought to you by Montana's. Always a pleasure to welcome Stephen Ellis back to the show. And Stephen, I want to start with the game or the late game tonight. Canada versus USA, two rivals, two teams that also couldn't have had any different quarterfinal games as well when you look at the final scores. Uh, but what do you make of this matchup? And is there an edge on either side here? Yeah, so Canada didn't have an easy time against Slovakia. And uh, Adam Gayon, the goalie for Slovakia, was outstanding. Um, and then you look at the Americans and they made Germany look like nothing out there. So uh, I think that's kind of an interesting contrast heading into this game. We look at Canada and I think most people could say their offense is definitely more impressive. Obviously, they got Connor Bedard, the best player in the tournament. But Arizona is also flying, or not Arizona, the United States are flying high, specifically because of Arizona Coyotes prospect Logan Cooley, who's been outstanding. Uh, Jimmy Snuggerud's been good. Uh, Luke Hughes has been a hit or miss tournament for him, but I think when he's flying high like he was against Germany, I think uh, he's tough to beat. So uh, two teams that kind of, they they both have a lot of the same similarities in terms of high scoring. Uh, defense can be a mixed bag, and then the goaltending has both been good on both sides. So, Stephen, the main course tonight is going to be that U.S.-Canada game, and everyone's looking forward to that. But the other semifinal is really juicy as well between Czechia and Sweden. The Czechs have had a fantastic tournament. Uh, I've loved watching that team play. When you look at these two teams, Sweden is the favorite. Uh, is that the way it should be in your mind? And who gets the edge? What do you like in the in the other semifinal game? I'm, I'm picking the Czechs right now. They're just flying high. And I think when you you look at it, Sweden's typically been known as more of one of the stronger defensive teams, but that's been a weakness for them in this tournament compared to the Czechs where they've been relying a lot on that blue line to generate offense. Uh, Stanislav Svozl and David Yurchek are both Blue Jackets prospects that like they, they look like they're ready for the NHL right away based off of how they're playing. Um, and then Thomas uchanek has been great for the Czechs. I'd say arguably the best goalie in this tournament. But Carl Lindbaum for Sweden, the Vegas Golden Knights prospect, has been just as good. So I think if I'm looking at who the top goalie is, it might be who wins this game. So I'm looking at this being a goaltending battle. Uh, Sweden probably has some of the more higher-end talent, but I think just the way the Czechs are rolling right now, that's a team on a mission, and I would not want to play them at any point. A lot of talk about Connor Bedard. Obviously, he's the most intriguing draft eligible prospect in this tournament. But who else has really caught your eye over the last couple of weeks? Well, one that kind of isn't getting a lot of attention is David Reinbacher, and he plays for Austria, so that's why. But and when you're losing by ten goals, I get it. You're probably it doesn't really matter a whole lot what you do. But I think this is a guy that if it wasn't for him breaking up and playing against some of the best talent on on the teams he's had to play against. Uh, the scores would be even worse because the goaltending has been really bad for Austria, but he's been someone where I think he solidified himself as a first round prospect. Uh, Adam Gayon from, from Slovakia was not on anyone's radar. I did a story about him a couple of days ago for dailyfaceoff.com and scouts just did not know who he was last year. And now we're talking about a guy who, you know, is he maybe even a late second, early third round prospect? Maybe. And part of it is because of how well he's played in the last two, three months of the season in the U.S. and the now the juniors. Um, so those are ones I'm watching for sure. Uh, Adam Fantelli's been a bit of a disappointment for Canada. But then you look at Leo Carlson, who might be the third best prospect right now. He plays really well against men in the Swedish league. And uh, I've got a story coming up on him soon, talking to some scouts where they think this guy's a complete player and, and should be able to step up to the NHL immediately. Stephen Ellis has been covering the World Juniors like a blanket. Looking forward to that new story. And honestly, Stephen, I'm just surprised we could pull you away from watching Austria, Latvia, 4-2 uh, right now. Latvia leads in that game, but appreciate your time today, man. Yes, thanks so much.
There you go. The next wave is brought to you by Montana's. This hockey season, Montana's, they're bringing back the viewing party with brand new daily deals. And today, Wednesday, that means it's all you can eat ribs. Head to montanas.ca for more info. get to our daily face-off inbox question hashtag ask dfo and frank this comes from a debate i had on my oilers show the other day and a listener was wondering you know if who could be finalists for the calder trophy and also just how many goalies are legitimately in the hunt for this award which is fascinating but if you had to fill out a calder ballot right now who'd be on it Man, I'd have a hard time, you know, Matty Beneers has had such an impact, but I'd really think about Logan Thompson from the Vegas Golden Knights. What he's done this year, still Calder eligible. I know that he got some action last year and was pretty good. But think about the big storyline heading into this season that hasn't been talked about really much at all for the Vegas Golden Knights as an issue is their goaltending. We were all saying, is that goaltending going to be enough to compete? Can't believe you're hanging your hat on Logan Thompson and um, I think anyone that has said that uh, is eating a fine dish of crow right now. And I, I'd have to, for that reason, as good as Beniers has been, as much of an impact as he's helped, uh, as he's been and helping turn Seattle around, I would still say for me, Logan Thompson is the guy. And it's been a while since we've had a Calder winning goalie. Yeah, and this year, I think there's a couple of other interesting candidates as well. You mentioned Beniers, obviously, 27 points in 36 games. Impressive, but there's actually been three rookie goalies this year who have already played more than 15 games. Logan Thompson's one, Stuart Skinner in Edmonton, and Pyotr Kachetkov as well in Carolina, who's rocking a 924 save percentage as a rookie goalie. Like, I legitimately think, Frank, by the end of the year, maybe like one of those goalies could fall off a bit, but it'll likely be Beniers and two goalies on a lot of ballots, don't you think? Yeah, honestly, as you're saying it, and I'm filling out my top five in my head right now, my ballot would look something like um, it would look something like Thompson one, two Beniers, three Kochetkov, four Skinner, and five maybe Matthias Michelli or someone else. And Matthias Michelli been a big surprise this year out in the desert as well. Let's get to our daily bet segment brought to you by Points Bet Canada. And last night, eh, not great. The aforementioned Stuart Skinner was pulled in the game against Seattle as Edmonton blew a 2-0 lead. That bet was looking so good for the first half of that hockey game, but the Oilers blow it. I go one for three, but we look to bounce back tonight, and there is one game I am targeting on tonight's slate, courtesy of Points Bet Canada. It is the Devils taking on the Red Wings, and I actually like the total in this hockey game. Set at 6.5, paying minus 110. The Devils this season in back-to-back games 25 total goals in four games. That's an average of 6.25. So a hair less than the six and a half we'll need, but you factor that in with the fact that the over has hit in four of the Red Wings' last five games, and Vili Huso is the expected starter. He was great early in the year, but it's now been four straight appearances for Huso where he's allowed four-plus goals. I think the Devils' offense will get some tonight. They're playing on back-to-backs. They tend to have more than six goals when they play in back-to-back, so I like taking the over here and a little shot prop for you. Jesper Bratt, over two-and-a-half shots on goal. Over their last five games, the Red Wings have averaged 34 shots against, so I think the Red Wings, or the Devils, that is, can get a lot of possession. Bratt has hit this mark in just six of the last ten. He's missed two in a row, so I'm playing the angle of Jesper Bratt is a little bit due, and this thing is paying out minus 110, so a solid payout, and I like Bratt over two-and-a-half shots and the over between New Jersey and the Red Wings, who Frank, surprisingly, the surprising result as well from last night. I'll get your take on this before garbage time. 
not a lot of people would have been picking the Rangers to end the long winning streak of the Hurricanes, but that finally came to an end. Yeah, it did. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to spot between both the Red Wings and the Devils. I think both those teams are feeling a little bit of pressure at this point in the year. New Jersey's been scuffling, even though their underlying numbers have been pretty good in terms of expected goals. And the Red Wings are just trying to hang on in the playoff race as there's already been a little bit of distance created in the standings as we've uh, gotten a little bit of some scaries in terms of we want to make sure there's a playoff race. Yeah. Uh, at mid-January last year, we already basically had all eight teams decided so we're hoping to keep as many teams in the race as possible to keep it spicy and Tyler that brings us to garbage time usually the host seeds the floor to the guest in this case would be me but you were part of something pretty awesome last night yeah I didn't have my eyes on the NHL last night because I was out at the iconic Claire Drake Arena in Edmonton taking in the hockey can't stop tour I had the call for Canada West and this is a really neat little initiative here uh, the Ukrainian under 25 national team has some tournaments they're getting ready for and they also want to raise some money so last night was leg three of the tour in Alberta. And this is a great video I shot. Whenever the Golden Bears win a game, the student section piles up beers in a massive pyramid, Frank, and then the Golden Bears go and knock it down. So last night after their game, this is uh, Team Ukraine doing the honors and knocking over the beer tower. Uh, but a great little initiative. Players from the Ukrainian U25 team, they're touring Western Canada, stops in Calgary, Saskatchewan, and then in Winnipeg on January 9th. And all the proceeds from this event are going towards funds that are going to help keep the Ukrainian Hockey Federation alive as they go through the war right now. A lot of arenas have been destroyed. A lot of kids haven't been able to play the sport and they desperately need funds. So these are some players, a few that play in North America, but 12 of, of them, Frank, actually needed a special exemption to even leave the country because right now it's rare for any males 18 to 60 to be allowed to leave because a lot of them are actively fighting in the war. So it was a super neat cause. It was great to see these players out doing what they love and even just for themselves getting a little bit of a break from reality for a couple of hours and getting to play some hockey and the building was packed there was it was full capacity they sold out and there was a ton of ukraine flags everywhere uh when ukraine scored it was louder than a playoff game for the golden bears at the arena it was just a super neat tour and if you want to help out uh, you can head to canadawest.ca and check out the hockey can't stop tour yeah, well said, Tyler. And wanted to give a shout out, not just, just all the people that bought tickets and showed up for an event like that, but also the donors that have helped make this possible. And my former TSN colleague, Gord Miller, who's been wired right in with that uh, Ukrainian tour and has helped really get it off the ground and make some of these connections in Western Canada to help something like this be possible. So great job by everyone and a great reminder of, uh, you know, just a nice little distraction for these guys that have had to deal with a lot over the last number of months. And that's going to be a wrap on today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. As always, we're streaming noon Eastern every day on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. So make sure you head over there and hit that subscribe button. And in the meantime, keep it locked on Daily Faceoff for all your hockey needs. We'll chat again tomorrow. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hold up. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.